Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven. He could have said our God. He could have said our righteousness. He could have said our King. He could have said our Lord. But He set up the way that is meant to be for each and every one of us as our Father. No other religion has a Father as a God. They have a judge. They have a lawmaker. We are the only ones that have a Father. And his, He is the Father of all. And we come today and we acknowledge our Father. Jesus' Father and our Father is the same Father. Father, I pray now in this place, if you're hungry, I want you to reach out. Father, I'm crying out for a greater revelation of God as our Father right now. Father, may incomplete, imperfect, for some harmful, destructive image of a Father be replaced right now by a deep, tangible revelation of the Father heart of a perfect God who is love. Father, may we, by the Holy Spirit, be able to get things in the order that You ordained so that life can flow. And that is not to put You through the lens or the sieve or the filter of our natural reality, but may we take all our natural realities, the good, the bad and the ugly, and put it through the filter, the lens, the, the sieve of a God that created all and is in all and is called Emmanuel, God with us. It is not a denial of our reality. It's just a declaration of a greater reality. Lord, how can, how can a man be sold as his slave and put in prison and falsely accused of rape and still end up at the place of your intention aside from a revelation that God who is with me is greater than my natural circumstances. How, how can a man end up in a lion's den or a, a man end up in a fire, if men end up in fiery furnace or how can Paul and Silas end up in prison and beaten? How can Jesus go to the cross and all, all of these examples? Almighty God, how can people go through such things and still arrive at the place where Father brings life from death, freedom from bondage. I feel to speak in your spirit. Some of us believe a lie that comes from the enemy. It's packaged in such a way that almost appears to be our friend, yet it's our foe, and that is I can't move on with God until this thing shifts or changes. Which actually identifies to us that that thing is actually being given a higher place than even God Himself. And right now I pray, Father, that we will align You, realign You into the right place. 
And that is the place of sufficiency and supremacy. I feel in my spirit again, just right now, Father's really leaning to me and some of you really struggling in your mind right now with the overwhelming nature of your reality in the natural that would seek to crush and destroy. And sometimes we can have a perception of God that is almost like He doesn't care because of what I'm going through. But I pray that all of us, myself included, everyone would just, even in this holy moment, get a fresh revelation that that's actually not the heart of the Father. I mean, Jesus, who is the exact representation of the Father, the Bible says in Hebrews 1.3, was the one who wept and his heart was moved with compassion and he was familiar with sufferings and he was acquainted with grief. He knew what it was to be despised and rejected. He cried out, Abba, Father, why have you forsaken me in this moment? He, he does actually know and understand. And I don't have a satisfactory answer for some of you right now that are listening for why you're still going through what you thought would have ended. And so today we acknowledge, Father, we need you. God, we just need you. God, we don't see it as a deficiency or in human terms as a weakness to say, I need you. We, we see it as the right position for life. We need you. Father, we never want to outgrow our need for you. We want to stay dependent upon you. When things are going great, God, we need to know that we need you. When things are going bad, we need to know that we need you. I was walking. And just spending time with Father some months ago. And I was crying out, just my desire for God so strong. And I said, God, I need you more. And he said, no, you don't. Oh, what? what do you mean? He goes, you never, ever need me any more or any less than completely always. And in moments we feel like we need him more. True. I pray there's a spirit of revelation right now. No matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter your position, no matter the valley or the mountain, no matter the answer prayer or the many questions, you need God completely, always. Completely, always. Thank you, Father, for your presentness. Do you know what the presence of God is? It's the presentness of God. The presence of God is not some mystical thing from God. It is Him being tangible, and we just have a moment where He's here. But don't believe the lie that He's not as present when you don't feel Him as He is when you do feel Him. I just feel like filter needs to shift and change a little. He's never, ever been anywhere more than he is here now 
Otherwise, he's not omnipresent. Did you know that? That's beautiful, isn't it? That's beautiful. I just feel to tell you about your God for a moment. This omnipresent God, who we know is omnipresent geographically, is here. He's in Box Hill. Even though Box Hill people, you're here, he's still there, just to clarify. He's in New Zealand, he's in America, he's in Russia, he's in England. Right now, do you believe that? Because he's omnipresent. He created that which we put through the lens of geography. But he also created time. Did you know he created time? He created light, separated light from darkness. He said, this is the first day. He created time. And I love the nature of our God that it was on the fourth day that he created what he needed to have a day. When he created the sun and the moon to govern the seasons and times. <laughs> you think your God's got a limit to his, what he can do? He created on day four the sun and the moon so that there could be a day and a night. And he had already had three. And this omnipresent God that is eternal, Psalm 90 verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, He just is God. He's not only here and in New Zealand and in America and Russia and England right now, but He's before creation, at creation, in the Old Testament, when Jesus walked the earth. He's here now. He's in my future when I'm 70. He's at the second coming always now. That gives you confidence to walk into your future because God's there now and says, come, 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 come. Don't put a limit on how big your God is. This is our God. This is a joy and a privilege to walk with Him. Can I hear an amen? So Father, we thank You for who You are. We thank You for all that You're doing. We thank You for this awesome people here that are Your people. <laughs> They're not Pastor Charles and April's people. They're your people. And we thank you, Almighty God, that you're a God who speaks. Can I hear an amen to that? I thank you that you're a God who speaks. And when you speak, there is life in what you say. But Lord, there's also life in what we say. So we're going to start to speak better, even about ourselves. The Word of the Lord to some of you. And if you're waiting for me to prophesy, it's just go with it because it's, it's not an on-off button. We're just flowing. But some of you need to prophesy to yourself more when you get up in the morning. Some of you need to speak life and bless yourself rather than get up and curse yourself. You go, I don't do that. Well, what do you say about yourself? But Steve, you don't know my reality. So what our reality determines what we speak, not our Creator. I'm not minimizing. We're walking through a valley of the shadow of death right now. My wife and I in some relationships, we're walking through death valley right now. But what comes out of our mouth? Is it reality-based or Creator-based? This is not hyper. This is not, this is not religious. This is truth. Sometimes when there's extremes in the area of truth, what we do is we throw out truth rather than find truth again. 
why don't you do yourself a favour and sit down because I, I don't feel I'm going to sort of do anything but just keep on flying. Thank you for whoever put up all the lights. If I can have the key stay with me, the rest of you guys can grab a seat. God bless you. Now, keep those lights up nice and high. Thanks. It's such a privilege and honour to be here with you guys. This is probably the normal time when most preachers stop and tell some jokes and some stories and tell you about themselves. I ain't going to do that. That's just not the way I roll. I just want to keep the focus on God. Is that okay? If it's not okay, too bad. I've got the microphone. You don't. So that's what we're going to do. I feel in my spirit right now that the word realignment is really important. And I'm gripped by the fact that when we hear certain words, we go straight to a negative when God actually views it as a positive. And one of the words to give you an example of this is that Father's been giving me over recent times is the word correction. How many people love that word? Don't. I don't see many hands going up. And we talk about God correcting us and we get this negative thought. And God showed me that that's because we see when God talks about correcting people, we put it through it instantly at lenses. We're so far off track that God needs to get us on track. We think about an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old that is just completely and utterly derailed and they need an intervention because their life is on a slippery, no, it's not on a slippery, it's just fast going downhill. Are you with me? And if we often take that into, if we talk about correction, for example, and God corrects, we go straight away to the negative, to the extreme intervention. This is terrible. And God showed me and He said, Steve, when I say that, I'm talking about a two-year-old that is innocently motivated, heading towards something dangerous. And as a loving parent, I come and I get in there even before they go down and touch that hot stove. And I, and I redirect them away from that. I, I, I'm, I'm correcting them. I am removing them. I am redirecting them because I love them so much. And many times the correction of God is a preventative, not actually after an event. And we through this lens, our filter is a natural correction is for bad people intervention. And God says, I correct those who I love. Not to make you good so I can love you, but because I love you and because I accept you. Come on. And that's just one example of many that Father says, I want to reclaim. I want to reclaim some language. I want to reclaim some language. And as we go through, five, Father's given me five specific things to lean into today. So if you're waiting for a message, don't. You'll be waiting at the end. If you're waiting for thus saith the Lord and prophesying over 25 people, again, I don't think that's what Father wants today. He wants me just download to us as a, as a body. Is that okay? Are you ready to receive? Father, we just thank you right now that you're here, you're present. You got some things to say. So, Father, we ask that you speak by your Holy Spirit, and we're ready to listen in Jesus' name. 